0: Chapter 20 of The Way of Perfection by St. Teresa of Avila. This is a Discerning Hearts recording read by Chris McGregor. The Way of Perfection by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated and edited by E. Allison Pears. In this last chapter, I seem to have been contradicting what I had previously said as in consoling those who had not reached the contemplative state. I told them that the Lord had different roads by which they might come to him, just as he also had many mansions. I now repeat this. His majesty, being who he is and understanding our weakness, has provided for us. But he did not say, some must come by this way, and others by that. His mercy is so great that he has forbidden none to strive to come and drink in this fountain of life. Blessed be he forever what good reasons there would have been for his forbidding us. But as he did not order me to cease from drinking when I began to do so, but caused me to be plunged in the depths of the water, it is certain that he will forbid no one to come. Indeed, he calls us publicly, in a loud voice, to do so. Yet, as he is so good, he does not force us to drink, but enable those who wish to follow him to drink in many ways, so that none may lack comfort or die of thirst. From this rich spring flow many streams, some large, others small, and also little pools for children, which they find quite large enough, for the sight of a great deal of water would frighten them. By children, I mean those who are in the early stages. Therefore, sisters, have no fear that you will die of thirst on this road, You will never lack so much of the water of comfort that your thirst will be intolerable. So take my advice and do not tarry on the way, but strive like strong men until you die in the attempt, for you are here for nothing else than to strive. If you always pursue this determination to die rather than fail to reach the end of the road, the Lord may bring you through this life with a certain degree of thirst, but in the life which never ends, will give you great abundance to drink, and you will have no fear of its failing you. May the Lord grant us never to fail him. Amen. Now, in order to set out upon this aforementioned road so that we do not go astray at the very start, let us consider for a moment how the first stage of our journey is to be begun, for that is the most important thing. Or rather, Every part of the journey is of importance to the whole. I do not mean to say that no one who has not the resolution that I am going to describe should set out upon the road, for the Lord will gradually bring her near to perfection. And even if she did no more than to take one step, this alone has such virtue that there is no fear of her losing it or of failing to be very well rewarded. We might compare her to someone who has a rosary with a bead specially indulgenced. One prayer in itself will bring her something, and the more she uses the bead, the more she will gain. But if she left it in a box and never took it out, it would be better for her not to have it. So although she may never go any farther along the same road, the short distance she has progressed will give her light and thus help her to go along other roads and the farther she goes, the more light she will gain. In fact, she may be sure that she will do herself no kind of harm through having started on the road, even if she leaves it, for good never leads to evil. So, daughters, whenever you meet people and find them well disposed and even attracted to the life of prayer, try to remove from them all fear of beginning a course which may bring them such great blessings. For the love of God, I beg you always to see to it that your conversation is befitting those with whom you speak. For your prayers must be for the profit of their souls. And since you must always pray to the Lord for them, sisters, you would seem to be doing ill if you did not strive to benefit them in every possible way. If you would be a good kinswoman, this is a true friendship. And if you would be a good friend, you may be sure that this is the only possible way. Let the truth in your hearts as it will be if you practice meditation and you will see clearly what love we are bound to have for our neighbors. Let the truth be in your hearts as it will be if you practice meditation and you will see clearly what love we are bound to have for our neighbors. This is no time for child's play, sisters and these worldly friendships, good though they may be, seem no more than that. Neither with your relatives nor with anyone else must you use such phrases as if you love me or don't you love me, unless you have in view some noble end and the profit of the person to whom you are speaking. It may be necessary in order to get a relative, a brother or some such person, to listen to the truth and accept it to prepare him for it by using such phrases and showing him signs of love, which are always pleasing to sense. He may possibly be more affected and influenced by one kind word, as such phrases are called, than by a great deal what you might say about God, and then there would be plenty of opportunities for you to talk to him about God afterwards. I do not forbid such phrases, therefore, provided you use them in order to bring some profit. But for no other reason can there be any good in them, and they may even do harm without your being aware of it. Everybody knows that you are nuns, and that your business is prayer. Do not say to yourselves, I have no wish to be considered good, for what people see in you is bound to bring them either profit or harm. People like nuns on whom is laid the obligation to speak of nothing save the Spirit of God. Act very wrongly if they are dissembled in this way, except occasionally for the purpose of doing greater good. Your intercourse and conversation must be like this. Let anyone who wish to talk to you learn your language, and if they will not, be careful never to learn theirs. It might lead you to hell. It matters little if you are considered ill-bred, and still less if you are taken for hypocrites. Indeed, you will gain by this, because only those who understand your language will come to see you. If one knows no Arabic, one has no desire to talk a great deal with a person who knows no other language. So worldly people will neither weary you, nor do you harm. And it would do you no small harm to have begin to learn and talk a new language you would spend all your time learning it. You cannot know as well as I do, for, as I have found out by experience, how very bad this is for the soul. No sooner does it learn one thing than it has to forget another, and it never has any rest. This you must at all costs avoid, for peace and quiet in the soul are of great importance on the road which we are about to tread. If those with whom you converse wish to learn your language, it is not for you to teach it to them, but you can tell them what wealth they will gain by learning it. Never grow tired of this, but do it piously, lovingly, and prayerfully, with a view to helping them. They will then realize what a great gain it brings, and will go and seek a master to teach it them. Our Lord would be doing you no light favor if through your agency he were to arouse some soul to obtain this blessing. When once one begins to describe this road, what a large number of things there are to be said about it, even by those who have trodden it as unsuccessfully as I have. I only wish I could write with both hands, so as not to forget one thing while I'm saying another. May it please the Lord, sisters, that you may be enabled to speak of it better than I have done. Chapter 21 Do not be dismayed, daughters, at the number of things which have to be considered before setting on on this divine journey— which is the royal road to heaven. By taking this road, we gain such precious treasures that it is no wonder if the cost seems to us a high one. The time will come when we shall realize that all we have paid has been nothing at all by comparison with the greatness of our prize. Let us now return to those who wish to travel on this road and will not halt until they reach their goal, which is the place where they can drink of this water of life although in some book or other, in several, in fact, I have read what a good thing it is to begin in this way, I do not think anything will be lost if I speak of it here. As I say, it is most important, all important indeed, that they should bring well by making an earnest and most determined resolve not to halt until they reach their goal, whatever may come, whatever may happen to them, however hard they may have to labor, whoever may complain of them whether they reach their goal or die on the road or have no heart to confront the trials which they meet whether the very world dissolves before them yet again and again people will say to us it is dangerous so and so was lost through doing this someone else got into wrong ways some other person who was always praying felt just the same it is bad for virtue it is not meant for women It may lead them into delusions. They would do better to stick to their spinning. These subtleties are of no use to them. It is quite enough for them to say the Pontre and Ave Maria. With this last remark, sisters, I quite agree. Of course, it is enough. It is always a great thing to base your prayer on prayers which are uttered by the very lips of the Lord. People are quite right to say this. And were it not for our great weakness and the lukewarmness of our devotion, there would be no need for any other systems of prayer or for any other books at all. I'm speaking to souls who are unable to recollect themselves by meditating upon other mysteries and who think they need special methods of prayer. Some people have such ingenious minds that nothing is good enough for them. So I think I will start to lay down some rules for each part of our prayer, beginning, middle, and end. Although I shall not spend long on the higher stages, they cannot take books from you, and if you are studious and humble, you need nothing more. I have always been fond of the words of the Gospels, and have found more recollection in them than in the most carefully planned books especially books of which the authors were not fully approved and which I never wanted to read. If I keep close to this master of wisdom, he may perhaps give me some thoughts which will help you. I do not say that I will explain these divine prayers, for that I should not presume to do, and there are a great many explanations of them already. Even were there none, it would be ridiculous for me to attempt any. But I will write down a few thoughts on the words of the Patronaster. For sometimes, when we are most anxious to nurture our devotion, consulting a great many books will kill it. When a master is himself giving a lesson, he treats his pupil kindly and likes them to enjoy being taught and does his utmost to help them learn. Just so will this heavenly master do with us. Pay no heed, then, to anyone who tries to frighten you or depicts to you the perils of the way. What a strange idea that one could ever expect to travel on a road infested by thieves for the purpose of gaining some great treasure without running into danger. Worldly people like to take life peaceably, but they will deny themselves sleep, perhaps for nights on end, in order to gain a farthing's profit, and they will leave you no peace, either in body or of soul. If, when you are on the way to gaining this treasure or to taking it by force, as the Lord says, the violent do, and are traveling by this royal road, this safe road drawn by our king and by his elect and his saints, even then, if they tell you it is full of danger and make you so afraid, what will be the dangers encountered by those who think they will be able to gain this treasure and yet are not on the road to it? Oh, my daughters! How incomparably greater must be the risk they run, and yet they have no idea of this until they fall headlong into some real danger. Having perhaps no one to help them, they lose this water altogether and drink neither much nor little of it, either from a pool or from a stream. How do you suppose they can do without a drop of this water, and yet travel along a road on which they are so many adversaries to fight? Of course, sooner or later, they will die of thirst, for we must all journey to this fountain, my daughters, whether we will or no, though we may not all do so in the same way. Take my advice, then, and let none mislead you by showing you any other road than that of prayer. I am not now discussing whether or no everyone must practice mental or vocal prayer, but I do say that you yourselves require both for prayer is duty of religious. If anyone tells you it is dangerous, look upon that person himself as your principal danger and flee from his company. Do not forget this, for it is advice that you may possibly need. It will be dangerous for you if you do not possess humility and other virtues, but God forbid that the way of prayer should be a way of danger. This fear seems to have been invented by the devil who has apparently been very clever in bringing about the fall of some who practice prayer. See how blind the world is? It never thinks of all the thousands who have fallen into heresies and other great evils through yielding to distractions and not practicing prayer. As against these multitudes, there are few who did not practice prayer and whom the devil has been successful enough at his own trade to cause to fall. In doing this, He has also caused some to be very much afraid of virtuous practices. Let those who make use of this pretense to absolve themselves from such practices take heed, for in order to save themselves from evil, they are fleeing from good. I have never heard of such a wicked invention. It must indeed come from the devil. O my Lord, defend thyself. See how thy words are being misunderstood. Permit no such weakness in thy servants. There is one great blessing. You will always find a few people ready to help you, for it is a characteristic of the true servant of God to whom his majesty has given light to follow the true path that, when beset by these fears, his desire not to stop only increases. He sees clearly once the devil's blows are coming, but he parries each blow, and breaks his adversary's head. The anger which this arouses in the devil is greater than all the satisfaction which he receives from the pleasures given him by others. When, in troublous times, he has sown his terrors and seems to be leading men everywhere in his train, half-blinded and deceiving them into believing themselves to be zealous for the right, God raises up someone to open their eyes and bid them look at the fog in which the devil has obscured their path. How great God is to think that just one man or perhaps two can do more by telling the truth than can a great many men altogether. And then they gradually begin to see the path again, and God gives them courage. If people say there is danger in prayer, the servant of God, by his deeds, if not by his words, tries to make them realize what a good thing it is. If they see that frequent communion is inadvisable, he only practices it the more. So, because just one or two are fearlessly following the better path, the Lord gradually regains what he had lost. Cease troubling about these fears, then, sisters, and never pay heed to such matters of popular opinion. This is no time for believing everyone. Believe only those whom you see modeling their lives on the life of Christ. Endeavor always to have a good conscience. Practice humility. Despise all worldly things. And believe firmly in the teaching of our Holy Mother, the Roman Church. Firmly despise all worldly things. And believe firmly in the teaching of our Holy Mother, the Roman Church. You may then be quite sure that you are on a very good road. Cease, as I have said to have fear where no fear is. If anyone attempts to frighten you, point out the road to him in all humility. Tell him that you have a rule which commands you, as it does, to pray without ceasing, and that the rule you must keep. If they tell you that you should practice only vocal prayer, ask whether your mind and heart ought not to be in what you say. They answer yes, and they cannot do otherwise. You see that they are admitting that you are bound to practice mental prayer and even contemplation if God should grant it to you. Blessed be he forever.